Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. And also, Mike Q from X Drive Megabox. Hiya. Hi again. It's a crossover episode. <laughs> we're Book Club for Games. And today we are. Today we're going to talk about. Baldur's Gate 3. Welcome to Faerun. <laughs> So, Ting, this was your choice. Yeah. I knew it'd be good. You knew it would be good. <laughs> you proved all the doubters wrong. No one's doubting this, if I'm honest. You picked this because it was 96 on Metacritic. And after all those years of slogging through Baldur's Gate 2. Oh, yeah, true, true. I guess we're going to have to see whether it's lived up to the expectations. I think this was a surprise, though. Like, I don't think anybody expected it to be this good. Or people thought it would be like a niche thing rather than everybody. Everybody's raving about this game. Everybody loves it. And everybody's playing it. Well, I think the best thing was that there, w- there was like this trend on Twitter or X of developers saying that Larian had over-delivered with Baldur's Gate 3 and saying that people shouldn't expect, you know, this this shouldn't set a new bar for RPGs because, like, no one else is going to make a game of this quality. You know, this is like some freak outlier. And, you know, it's just like ruining everyone's expectations for what the game industry should be able to produce, which I thought was really funny because it's just like, I think everyone loves this game because it's actually a good game. And it's not trying to nickel and dime you. There's no microtransactions. They didn't hold anything back to sell it to you as DLC. They just, they just made a really good game. You know, this is like a game from 20 years ago. Uh, it's also it's a, a very particular model g- going into early access so, uh, so early on uh, and, and being in that for so long. And I think it's done it very well. It's, it feels a bit like a, a kind of Hades. It's so, so well refined over, over the years. Yeah, I, I bought this like the day after it came out in early access, mm. played it once and then just didn't touch it again. So I was weirdly not hyped for it because I had kind of played it when it was a broken mess. But yeah, I mean, it's it's very good now. You know, I can't argue with that. Okay, let's quickly go through the history and then we'll come back and I can challenge why you didn't expect much from it. Okay. I mean, well, this is Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 1, released in 1998 by BioWare. Baldur's Gate 2, 
2000, Bioware, and then Baldur's Gate 3, 2023 by Larian. So that's that's quite a big gap. And, you know, in those intervening years, Bioware made some good stuff and Anthem. So, <laughs> you know, what, what can I say? But, you know, Larian, by contrast, is like the successor. You know, they're the one... They they've probably been making you know the the current you know best classic you know CRPGs with their Divinity Original Sin games. So yeah, they're like they've picked up the torch, and they're the games you've played as well. Yeah, well, I have played Baldur's Gate one and two, Divinity Original Sin one and two, and then also. Icewind Dale, Planescape Torment. I was trying to think of that other one we played. Uh, <laughs> what was it called again? Torment of Numenera. Tides. Uh, Tides of. That was the kind of. Tides of Numenera. One. That was it. That was it. Uh, it wasn't great. So, yeah, I've played a whole bunch of this kind of game. I have also been playing tabletop D&D with the same group for three years. Although it has morphed from in person on a literal tabletop to over the internet because we've all moved away and live in different countries now, but such is life. Importantly, you had played Divinity Original Sin one and two, so you knew this. So you knew what Larian were capable of. Yeah, I mean, b- before this came out or during early access, I think people were saying Baldur's Gate three. Oh, I don't like it. It's it's Divinity Original Sin two. With like a with like a D and D total conversion mod, and that's kind of true. But I also don't think that's a bad thing. Who's next? Who's going next? Mike, Mike, Mikey. Uh, don't hang on. I-, I wanted to ask you. So, did you actually did you actually play through the whole of um, uh, Original Sin and Icewind Dale and all this? I actually, you know what? I don't think I finished Original Sin one. I think we got I. Original Sin 1 and 2, I actually played multiplayer. So I've actually not played them solo. And Oh, that's fun. From what I recall, Original Sin 1, we got right to the end. And then Mm. it just kind of fizzled out. We didn't finish it. And then Original Sin 2, it was a strange playthrough because the friend I was playing with just did not care about the story at all so i would be trying to listen to the story and he'd be like going come on come on come on you know like skip 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 and all he cared about was the combat so i think we were actually playing on like the hard combat setting and we were just playing it as like a tactical turn-based combat game and then he would just go and make a cup of tea and i would just try and scoop up all the rpg elements uh, and have all the conversations and do all the stuff yes it was it was actually quite funny because it was like a different it was quite a different way to play and yeah. also, we were almost not friends by the end of it. You know, it got oh really acrimonious. Oh, God. <laughs> because uh, I just rolled my character for, like, maximum AoE. And then he... Well, actually, we were playing two characters each. But he had two characters that were, like, single target melee DPS. I yeah. had a character that was meant to be a tank, but I just... I just love DPS, so I kept trying to make them more DPS. And then my last character was like an AoE nuking mage, and I just kept accidentally nuking our entire party. Oh, that's amazing. 
Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to cast a volcano. And he was like, don't cast a volcano. I was like, but it's my best spell. (laughs) And then, yeah. So, you know, it got got kind of awkward. Also, we are both people who like to be number one. And there was like two of us in this group. And, you know, there can only be one number one. Right. So that was also kind of awkward in a social dynamic kind of way. Yeah. So, so there were four of you in total, were there? No, no, just two. Oh, it was just just the two. Yeah, we we played two characters each. Oh, fun. oh, I see, I see, I see. That's why. Yeah. Oh, fun. That's a nice way to play. Um, okay. Uh, so, so my background on these is I played a tiny, tiny bit of Div- uh, of Original Sin One, a chunk more of uh, of Original Sin Two. I did try Planescape at uh, at Jimbo's behest because. If you listen to X Drive, he's always talking about CRPGs, and I am pretty down on them. So I tried that, and uh, again, it was it was just a small chunk. So I can't say I'm massively used to them. I'm I'm not so keen on the actual turn based, but this just looked very very exciting. I was a bit caught up in the hype, and also they uh, I've had a kind of a slight journey more into Dungeons and Dragons over the past year through the film and through various things on that front. So yeah, I was quite excited for it in the end. Yeah, there's been a lot of D&D, you know, cultural impact the last few years. I guess Exactly this. Yeah, starting with Stranger Things and D&D movie and now this, yeah. And and, and people more openly talk about it. It's like um I had people at work who who were playing D&D. I still think it's terribly sad, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely definitely more more out there which is it's, it's which more is acceptable nice. now yeah oh yeah definitely you know like satanism is cool now so oh, you know of course of course <laughs> but no i mean it's it's a very very nice uh it's 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 very nice but for the people who can do it because i can see the appeal of all the storytelling and the this like kind of chaos and randomness of it well, I, th- I think the other intriguing thing, though, is you seem to be the opposite of the friend I played with, right? You love the story? Yes. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I love the story and the, I don't know, the RPG, not in the numbers side of it, but in the decision side of it. Nice. Plus one for the D&D movie. That yes. Tra- so, so good. Have we all watched the D&D movie? Yes. yes. Oh, you actually watched it, it, not just seen yeah. the trailer? No, I've, I've watched it. Oh, it was good. Surprisingly, was good. the trailer was not great. Or no, I like the trailer. I was not expecting that much from it. It was good. It was good, but it was definitely a lot better than expected. Yeah, the the movie was surprisingly good. Yeah, there was also a funny bit where you know she wild shapes into an owl bear, and then all the D and D you know actual nerds were going like, "You can't wild shape into an owl bear," and then they just changed That's the amazing. rules so you can wild shape into an owl bear because you know now the movie's accurate again. It's fine. So good. So what have I played? I have played Baldur's Gate two, and I finished that, which was a big deal to me. And I've also played, I don't know if it counts. It probably doesn't count that I've played Mass Effect or Dragon Age. Or Dragon Age does. Dragon Age Origins I've played. I think those all count. Those all count. I played up to the Fade, but the Fade is annoying. I'll come back to it. Before we get into it then, what what did you really like about Baldur's Gate 2? The journey. Yeah? 
Yeah, because it's not prescriptive. I really enjoyed the fact the the story is not. I don't know what the right way to say it's non-linear. Well, it is linear. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's not broken down into three acts of even size. With, yes, and it's not predictable. <laughs> exactly. It's not like there's four chapters you can do in any order, and then one final one. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, pet peeve. And I like. I don't know. I like the RPG elements. I think maybe at the time it seemed really painful to learn all the spells and figure out which weapons I need to get in the game. Yeah. But now I've invested in it, it's fine. And the battles are epic. So so that's what you enjoyed from the second one? Yeah, mostly the people, but mostly the journey with the, the characters, but also the mechanics are good. Hmm. I wonder if there's a, a, a there's a parallel between the evolution of this and the evolution of like Fallout and things like this, because Fallout the original games were a very kind of different dynamic to the modern ones. No one mentioned Fallout here. Are they not equivalent, relevant? I think they are. Yeah, I think you're right. Fallout should get a look in. I mean, I've played Fallout. I played Fallout two, and then I've played all the Bethesda, you know, three D ones. But but I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't played either Baldur's Gate two, and I haven't played I haven't played Fallout two. But but from what I hear about the the original Fallout's, the whole thing was choice and consequences, and really good writing and storytelling, and very very tight because you know it's that that was the whole kind of purpose of the game. I should imagine that it, the same is true of Baldur's Gate one and two, where you have it very very kind of tight, story driven and deep. Yeah, I think you should give Baldur's Gate 2 a go in particular. But if you if you've mm. got the time to play to play 1 and 2 and the expansions, I mean they're all they're very good. Not asking for mm. much. Yeah, o- only much. 200 hours of your time. <laughs> <Did that once. laughs> I I might actually do that. I'll get some uh I think there's a pack isn't there on 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 PlayStation or something so I might do that. Oh yeah, you can probably play it on like an iPad or something these days. I'm I'm saying this yeah, without checking yeah, it at all. I I don't even know. I'm just thinking if you could play it on the go. I would have said the same thing. Yeah. characters and parties actually did you even did you make just one character did you make a few did you you know try a few things and decide you didn't like it and then go again ding eh? uh i used the wiki i knew what i was doing Wait, what i did not what beforehand <laughs> my, yeah. my mind is blown i did not know this you can't do that for like so you check the infographic to see what is the most popular class and race and you check the wiki 
Oh, so no. You, wait, you, tried, you wanted to play as the most popular class in race. No, to get an idea of who was playing. I, I don't know what the most popular class in race are it's now. Like, I just wanted to make sure I was maximally conformist. Exactly, exactly. I want to do what everyone else is doing. My, my friends who wouldn't know what I was, what I was doing on this uh, really respected what I was doing. But it's like, okay, this is sad, but uh, you know when you're younger and you need to list, you know, your top 40 does influence what you listen to, although I've probably not the case with both of you. I just think that's a different thing, but but yeah, maybe. Different thing. But, but, but. But, but I, 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 what was something that was really good with this, even even the early access versions, it was the guiding that it gave you through and the explanations that it gave you through the different um, configurations of character, basically the different classes, because it's so complicated and there are so many permutations. But even coming in new, like I knew nothing about classes. Or I mean, I knew vaguely, you know, what I knew from the films, but. <laughs> It, it was re- really good at explaining, okay, well, if you choose this class, these are the implications. I thought all that kind of tool tipping was actually really, really strong. It's a, it's a massive strength of, of the game. So it felt like you could kind of, by just by looking through the settings, paint this vision of, okay, well, I want to be more this and, uh, than that and, and get an idea of what, how that might affect your game. But that's really cool. That's that's very interesting. Um, um, properly uh, trying to to kind of maximise it from the start and and look up what the tips were. We're only doing what we're all doing one playthrough here, right? Oh, no, I think two. I think MQ's got two. Yeah, I've got two, and, and I'm thinking I'm going to do a multiplayer one as well. But I haven't I haven't started that yet. I, I actually no, I did ask for my, my my sister for tips as well. If that's any any consolation because she'd already started playing it somewhere and also she's a D player let's 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 share please let's share well you go first ting you go first I <laughs> oh so i'm a human my name is dave <laughs> <laughs> i'm a paladin <laughs> well actually you're not dave but you are Tave or Tav? You, Tav, you actually yeah. had the you had the default name, right? Because I thought this was randomly generated for me. I thought I'd be special and unique with my name Tav. I, I got to admit, I also assumed that the prefield name would be random, but it's not. It is a strange thing. Mm. I wonder if it's an in joke uh, on their side. So originally, I, I wanted to pick something interesting, like a druid or a bard, and perhaps a tiefling but it was just too far too far away from me basically I had to choose a, like something mildly human like an elf or human so I went with half elf nice I think that's fine I need to hit things so paladin is okay for me I can't be a mage Mike you keep selling me the the mage the mage dream but I the can't the mage lifestyle yeah I mean I well We'll get to mine later, but so I'm a half drow elf paladin who's charming and persuasive. The most annoying thing is that I had a, a low intelligence, and I had like um I was minus one on all intelligence checks, which really annoyed me actually personally. Why? Why did you do low intelligence to start off with? I just didn't put points in it. it just defaulted to eight. 
I mean, you need a dump stat, I guess. And of all the options, you, you know, I guess Paladin, you need high charisma. And wisdom. You need high, yeah. And you need, actually, wait, what is your spellcasting stat? Good question. Yeah. You know what? I don't even know how to play a Paladin. I've never played a Paladin. I just play him like a tank. DPS. You can cast spells though, right? You've got like some cleric spells. Yeah, some spells. But they're more support spells more than anything. Yeah. Okay, half drow. I mean, half drow is an interesting backstory for a paladin, although less so these days. Like D and D is going. D and D used to be much more prescriptive about like races and backgrounds and stuff, and then they've realised that you know they should be more PC these days, I guess. But then everything's kind of just being smoothed out. You know, is no no longer a drow like evil by default. Now drow can be good as well, and it's just like. Uh, I mean, I guess it's nice, but it's also kind of boring, you know. Like, where's the flavor? There is a little. There's a little bit of racism, but not that much. Half drow is is quite different from half elf. Elf, that's quite interesting. Yeah, that's but that's as interesting as it gets. Yeah, I had exactly the same thinking process as well. Like, I I looked at the humans, and they're really ugly, and so I went for half elf, which is pretty much as, as close as possible, but but much prettier and I have a very handsome chap who was originally called Barney for some reason. <laughs> uh, but then I, I don't know, I gave him some very nice, uh, eyeshadow and, uh, and a bit of a kind of r- romantic kind of curly hair kind of thing. So he looks a bit like a, I don't know, like a Greek hero kind of thing. And, uh, and his name is Savak, like the, um, like the Gerudo greeting. I was going to say, isn't that, Good day in Gerudo. So exactly yes. this. Okay, exactly this. So he's a wood half elf druid, and I picked druid because I, I wanted to do kind of all the natural stuff and um, talking to animals and things like this. That's that's what I really liked. And then I've got a second character on multiplayer, who since I went for you know charm and intelligence and persuasion. Um, with the druid guy and kind of slight kind of vague magic-y things, but not tanky magic. I went for a full-on massive barbarian tiefling who's pretty bright green and just a, a, a kind of hulking brute and pretty dumb in my multiplayer game. And his name is Not Orc because <laughs> uh, the background is that basically he's uh, he's secretly half-orc after his yeah, his mum had an affair or whatever it is, but he he's rejecting this, and he's he's a big kind of green galump. <laughs> anyway, he's he's pretty fun. He's he's a massive tank, and incredibly actually on on that side, I picked up some kind of what's that thing that you wear on your head? A diadem. Oh yeah, which which raises your intelligence. So he's also he's super strong, and he's actually quite decent oh. intelligence now. Oh wow. I yeah, have not found so that. It's, uh, I think he's, it automatically puts you to level 17. So if you're high intelligence already, it doesn't make any difference. But if you're a dumb dumb like he is, then it's, it makes a big difference. There you go, Ting. That's pretty cool. You just need that. Yeah. Yeah. It must be around in that first area. And you can be pretty as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mike, sir. Oh, well, so, okay, like admission, I, in Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, 
my character was called Michael and they were a wizard. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just made some terrible, like, Mary Sue character, you know, like, literally a, a Michael Sue and just had them with all the spells. And I was going to do the same in this, but when I started making the character, it was just so sad. I was just like, oh, I just can't do this. This is like literal role play. That's it's pleasing. Really, yeah. I just can't. So, and then, so then, yeah. Also because like when I was making this character, when I was like a kid, they were, you know, well, it was Baldur's Gate one and two. So how do they look? I just had to pick one of the default character portraits and they had like cool red robes and stuff. Like this time I was like, do I have to make them look like me? And it's just like so depressing, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to make something completely different. And I had previously made a character for a one-shot D&D tabletop adventure that we played. And the, you know, the brief for that one-shot was that we were we were part of the Zentarim like criminal uh was it organization cartel whatever it is and we were working for a guy called Flenser and I had just been reading a sci-fi book where there's a character called Flenser and without going into too much detail the book's called A Fire Upon the Deep there's another character related to Flenser called Tyrethect and I was like that's a cool name I'm gonna make Tyrethect so Tyrethect or Tyrethect in theory, like two names, is a shadow monk. And she is like backstory wise, is supposed to be kind of like an urchin, you know, grew up on the streets, kind of like Oliver Twist kind of situation, except that Fagin is a ninja. And yeah, she's a shadow monk. She just punches stuff, except that. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I started out trying to role play her a lot and it's kind of just devolved back into computer game min-maxing. So uh, she's a bit less true to type now, but started out very much like dark clothes and just punching things and stealing everything that isn't nailed down, which I enjoy. So at least that's that's true to me as well. You enjoy stealing things? I mean, not in real life. To be clear, this is my this is my this is my fantasy. I get to steal everything that's not nailed down. I mean, in real life, obviously, I would I would never do such a thing. Of course, I wouldn't download a car. <laughs> yeah. So she is. Well, I mean, now she's level seven in my playthrough, so I can do cool stuff like be shadow stepping everywhere, which is pretty fun. Mm. But. Actually, if we're going into our parties, I don't have much spell casting. It's like the opposite of how I, I've, you know, normally play. Normally, I love to have like lots of magic and be nuking everything. But yeah, my party is my main character, obviously, Shadowheart, Will, and then a rotating final slot, which has mostly been Karlak, but. Mm. I would like to have more Astarian in that slot, but just for plot reasons, I've mostly had Karlak. Trying out Halcyon at the moment, but yeah, basically for nuking, all I've got is like Will's two fireballs and then I'm, and then yeah. I'm done. So I wish I had more. I was going to say, because Will is, is slightly kind of magic-y tanky, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, Will's, Will's quite fun. I mean, I guess Will's a warlock. Yeah. So 
he is fun. I mean, he is Eldritch blasting everything all the time. That's but fun. yeah, I don't I don't have a full on spellcaster. That's the thing. So well, I mean, I guess I've got Shadowheart, but all of her spells just go on healing, really. Yeah, she's not so much an, of an offensive um, spellcaster. Yeah, I mean, she's she's basically in my party all the time. Again, for like role playing reasons, more than anything else, to be honest. Hmm. Well, are you influenced by their by their actual characters at all? By who you choose? Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I. I think so. I mean, this is why. Yeah, this. I think if I was playing just for min max, you know, DPS ability, I would probably have Lazelle and. I don't know, and more spellcasters. I don't know, but I think it is quite an interesting dynamic with Will and Carlac, and then yeah, Shadowheart and the main character. So uh, yeah, because they're they're kind of against each other at the start, aren't they? Yeah, Will yeah, exactly. Mm. How about you, Tingo? Uh, I went with Shadowheart, Astarian, and Gale. Do you ever get annoyed with Gale? No, I quite like Gale. I'm a patient person. <laughs> no, 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 actually, that's unfair. I think Gale is fine. I, it's not, I don't find anything wrong with Gale. I quite like his. I, I, I... Go on. He's very magey. That's what I expect from a mage. No, it's good. It's good. His, his, his powers are good. I just found him oddly irritating at the start, even though I quite like him. The voice actor is very good. Uh, uh, it, I think it was mainly the, 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 um, Always complaining about the the magic thing. Well, then feed that's, him. Uh, that's eating him up inside. Feed him. Yeah, yeah, but then I don't want to do that. Why not? <laughs> it, because it becomes like a demanding tamagotchi, <laughs> and and I, I just I just, I didn't need need that in my life. You well, I think you need the spells. I need the spells, and for plot reasons, I also had like um a few substitute characters. So I think Lazel needs I. I need her to go to the Githyanki crash and there's some Karlak yeah. staff story that I have. So when I, sometimes I rotate in Karlak and Lazel for Shadowheart and Gale. Nice. And I also, because from my experience with Baldur's Gate 2, actually I needed some help on picking a party that would get along with me and not leave me halfway through. Is that what happens? Well, I don't, I'm always wary of it. So I did cheat and pick, have, the wikis pick my party. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in Baldur's Gate, the older ones, I think in earlier editions of D&D, character alignment is a much more concrete thing. And so if mm. you've got a party of characters who are explicitly evil and ones who are explicitly yeah. good, they won't get along. And right. Eventually sometimes, yeah, sometimes they'll leave. Like, if your party becomes too good or too evil, they'll just be like, I'm not hanging around with these guys, and they'll just leave. Oh, that's really fun. No, it's I not. I wonder if that happens. <laughs> uh, oh, right. I wonder if that happens if you have Minthara or someone in there, because Minthara is definitely on that end of the spectrum. Yeah, I, this, is what I'm really, this is why I want to do another playthrough, actually. I'm quite curious to try another one. I've got a very basic party. I'm Astarian, Shadowheart, and Karlak. Astarian was actually very good. Yeah, well, I like his kind of a uh, uh, vampire bite when he when he bites enemies, and and uh, and then he's he's uh, he's got his advantage. And then Karlak is is a good tank 
I'm thinking of swapping one of Astarian or Shadowheart out for a, for another kind of more tanky character, like trying out a Will or someone like that, or or maybe Gale because Gale Gale is a uh, apparently apparently the weave stuff or whatever it's called the the stuff that's eating him up inside it stops after a few things doesn't it or, or is there some kind of story resolution to it i'm hoping so that's what i'm expecting otherwise i'll be annoyed as well i mean i have no idea what you guys are talking about so <laughs> okay what oh oh of course okay <laughs> i like that we all pick shadow heart but is it just because she's the healer by default as a cleric also, she's one of the first you meet, so there's a certain sense of loyalty. Yeah. Apart from you know Lazel, which I think is a bit hard done by. It's very interesting. I thought we'd all have the same classes for some reason. Not classes, uh, parties. Yeah, there's there's only so many choices, isn't there? Well, you've both got we we've all got Shadowheart. You've both got Astarian, which I think also maybe you need if you want to lockpick stuff. Except you know, for me, I can lockpick stuff on my main character. Because I'm also yeah, same here. sneaky thiefy, but yeah, I actually haven't tried lock picking and stuff with a starry on. That would make a lot more sense. Oh, really? I'm not very good at playing this as an RPG. Oh <laughs> uh, no, you know what? It's probably just me. I I just have to lock pick everything because I am stealing everything that's not nailed down. Actually, I think things that are behind locked doors and chests probably are nailed down, but I steal those too. So yeah, yeah nice. You need a thief for traps as well. Yeah, I mean, I disarm them. I've got just. I've got a big I can do it. That was slight my hand character. bonus, obviously, from my background and my high decks. What's so surprising is no neither of you have got spell casting in your party. And they always, you know, there's always talk about having a balanced party. I I could really do with more spell casting. But my main guy does spell casting. Okay. As a druid. Because he's he's druid. It's not it's not as, you know, powerful as 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 the proper ones like Will and, and Gale. But there's there's a chunk there, and also Shadowheart does it. But you know, I do feel like I am missing spellcasting DPS. Like I really miss yeah. not being able to adjust magic missile things or nuke stuff with a fireball. So you know, I have I have actually resorted just to using scrolls sometimes, which is kind of a bit yeah. broken actually, because I think in the in the previous Baldur's Gate games, right and you, you can only read the scroll if you're a magic user who could cast the spell. But in this, anyone can use the scroll. So, oh, but, th- but that's how they've delineated it, isn't it? So you can, anyone can read the scroll, but only magic users can absorb it into a new spell. Yeah, I think if you're a wizard, you can copy the spell into your spell book and then just yeah. cast it whenever. But that's pretty amazing. Which costs money? Is that a thing? It costs money, it costs money yeah. But, but is that how it used to be? no seems weird in second edition i think you could just copy it for free but there was a chance of failure based on your intelligence oh yes there was a chance of failure yes there was a chance to reload your save game if you failed it's just weird to associate money with learning (laughs) it's like real life it's like it's tuition fees man yeah you're living in the past (laughs) (laughs) so how long have you guys played how how far through are you Okay, so here's, I think, where we should say spoilers for everything yeah. we've played up to. Yeah. But there's actually not that much. So No. <laughs> I think I think Steam is showing me at about 50 hours played, 
but I think my save game says like 30 something hours, like less than 40 hours. Oh, interesting. Probably because I've had a lot of having to reload my save game from dying or just walking away from the PC maybe for a bit. So yeah, yeah somewhere between like 37 and 50 hours. Okay. I am at Moonrise Towers in Act 2. So I have just like, I have just got to Moonrise Towers. Is Moonrise Towers where, where Act 2 triggers? Getting to Moonrise Towers is like your main objective in Act 2. I think, uh, you know, I haven't done oh, it yet, but I think it's the equivalent of like the Goblin Camp in Act 1. Like it's the major story beat of Act 2. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was the case. Yeah, so... I'm about to infiltrate Moonrise Towers in the same way that I, you know, talked my way into the Goblin Camp in Act 1. Fine. This is interesting, because I didn't even think about... It's not interesting, it's a silly. I didn't even think about checking the, the clock, the timer in the game. I just looked at the Steam timer, which was 40 hours, which I know I never played that much. So I've just said 30 hours here. Yeah, I think your save game actually has a time on it as well. So, I guess, how does that work? If you reload, it resets the timer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you reload, it resets the timer to the point of the save you loaded. I think I've done... what I've, I think what I've got left in Act 1 is the Goblin Camp and the Githyanki Crash. Oh no, I need to see House in as well. But Githyanki Crash isn't... I, I, think, I don't think it's really in Act 1. I think it, it's, it, it, it kind of messes you around a little bit on that front. Yeah, I saw that. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, I'm super because I haven't even found the Githyanki crash. So I have no idea. Again, I have no idea what you're talking about. I guess it's in Act 1. Sort but it's of. one of the main quest items, isn't it? it? Yeah, it is. And they bring it up super early on. And it makes you think that, oh, it's just to the side of XYZ. But it's actually on the path. And I think it's on the path to Moonrise Towers or wherever you're trying to get to. But, you know that's that's beyond the kind of bit of gating where you have to choose I, I just thought we would find it later on in the story but i could believe it's what you've just said where it's on the path to act two because yeah the you know i think there are two there are two main routes to moonrise towers one is yeah. through the underdark and one is through the mountains and I'm assuming the Githyanki crash is through the mountains, yeah. whereas I, I went through we the Underdark. That, that's Whoa. what I understand. I thought we all had to go through the Underdark. No, I, I'm... No. Oh. But, 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 but this is where your wiki... This is where I did actually look at kind of wiki stuff, because I heard that vaguely that, that the Underdark is a, is a bit easier than the, the mountain pass. Oh, Although I can't it? remember, maybe they actually mentioned that. Interesting. Maybe they actually mention it in the game. I just thought the Underdark would be harder. Mm. Have you have you done anything in the Goblin Camp? Have you got there? No, I've not. Okay. It's interesting, Mike S. I thought you would do all the main bits at least. I I resolved to. I mean, I haven't managed to keep this, but like when I started, I resolved to not use a wiki and just try and have an organic playthrough where I don't try and min-max everything and I just try and enjoy the journey. Like this was my like mindset going in. And this is why I was like, I'm not going to make, you know, my terrible magic user, boring character. I'm going to, I'm going to make a character and try and role play them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I was just, yeah, it's a good idea. I didn't, I tried not to min-max everything and 
sort out, you know, do every quest in every area. I was just like, when it's time to move on, I'm going to move on. Did you not check the journal? I mean, you didn't use the wiki, but did you use the journal? Well, also, I didn't know where the Githyanki crash was. For all I knew, the Githyanki crash was in mm. Act 2, you know, because oh. it's just part of my character's, you know, it's just part of Lazelle's story, I was thinking. So, okay. I don't know where. From the way they were talking about it and how early they bring it up, I presumed, I think they say it's like north of the camp or something like that. But but it sounded like it was in that first area. But I, I think not. it must be in the first area. It's not. I think it must be on the first map. It's not. Or is it not? It's, no, <laughs> it's not. You, you, you have to go through, I think you have to go along that path. What, what, what on earth is the path called again? Through the mountains. I mean, I know I definitely missed stuff as well, because when I triggered Act 2, Will just said a load of stuff to me. And I was like looking at it going, huh? That's hilarious. And I realized that it's because it's like his fallback for if you didn't encounter it in Act 1, he'll just fill you in on this important backstory of his. <laughs> previously on yeah, Will. Yeah, basically. Previously on on Will, he, he basically goes, by the way, I'm the son of a duke and he's been kidnapped. And oh, like, uh, okay, thanks. Oh, okay, thanks. Because I, I think you're supposed to discover this in Act yes. 1, but because I just didn't go through the mountains which is where this evidently must happen. He was just like, by the way. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. He's got a lot going on. The Githyanki crash marker is right next to the Duke's area. Uh, oh. Okay. I haven't come across that. You don't know that Will... There's so much stuff. You don't know about Will? No. Okay. I, I only knew about the, the, the demon-y lady. Hmm. Has has Will um turned devil or whatever in your yeah, games? Yeah, Will's got big metal demon horns. Okay, so you Good can't. Boy. So that's mandatory. That that piece. No, it's not mandatory. You could kill Karlak. Oh yeah, but who's killing? Well, who's killing Karlak? Who's a monster? Someone who's dedicated to getting the job done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry, Mike. No, 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 no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm 30 hours in, and I just got to Grimforge in the Underdark. I was, I was stuck not on the Goblin Camp, but I, I did some weird stuff, and uh, so, so I did all the Goblin Camp. I did it mostly through kind of persuasion. I, I think a couple of bits you did actually have to do, you do actually have to do battles, and then just ended up with a big battle in the in the central area when I when I played it, and uh, I got down to the Underdark kind of entrance there but i didn't actually get to a a um you know a, a teleportal uh, what are they called the runes yeah. the waypoints yeah i didn't i i just didn't think to actually go down properly into the underdark and get a waypoint there so then i went off and you know went to my camp and did some other stuff and when i came back obviously you, you have to get back into the um into the camp and because i'd kind of persuaded my in, way in there or was friendly with everyone when i was going in I was fine going in originally, but since I'd killed quite a lot of their brethren, <laughs> they weren't too happy to see me when I got back. So I got I had a massive battle in that in that kind of main square of the goblin camp, which held me back several hours. Uh, but eventually, I got down into the underdark. So so that 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 was really really slow going, and now I've quite accelerated. So now I'm I'm down there seeing the Myconids, and I'm um, at Grimforge. It's interesting your comment commented a lot about time. <laughs> but, yes. For you had to justify yourself. Yes. But you know, you well, I think you're both 
30-ish hours in and then, you know, you, Mike Huey, you finished the Goblin Camp. Ting, you haven't done the Goblin Camp yet. Yeah. And then, yeah, my actual save game hours played, you know, I may, it sounds like I've been rushing through it comparatively because... But does it feel like that though? No, yeah. <laughs> I think I, 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 I think it would be really artificial for me to have, you know, gone through the Underdark, basically got to the end of the Underdark and then turned around and then gone through the mountains, you know, like who does yeah. that? Well, it is one way or the other then. Well, no, yeah. if you're trying to get to Moonrise Towers, like I, I got through the Underdark to Moonrise Towers. So why would I turn around and go through the mountains to Moonrise Towers? And I don't, is there time pressure in this game? I don't understand the time pressure. Maybe no, there is time pressure. I don't think pressure. so. It sounds like it at the start, doesn't there? But then they very quickly diffuse it. Okay. Yeah, I don't... They say, they say you've got three days to turn, don't they? And, but, but then it's very clear that that's not actually going to happen. To you, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't... I, I'm i not sure if there is time pressure. I think there might secretly be... I don't, I don't think there's like literal hours played time pressure, but I think each time you long rest stuff does advance like i think if you long rest a lot of times like you know if there's um like to, to give an example i think there is a bit in the underdark where there's a character trapped behind some rubble and like they're saying like oh they're going to run out of air or the air is bad like i think if you long rest too many times they will just die oh that's interesting that's I, exactly why i I'm think at, at. but i might be wrong but also that's what i expect mm. in this game yeah so you're right not to do like the mountain pass and the underdark. I don't know. I mean, if you're trying to min max, you know, but I'm still trying to play in a role play ish way, even though I, you know, I obviously can't resist. I think yeah. you're, it sounds like you are, if I'm honest. This does not sound like a regular Mike S playthrough. Yeah, I'm doing my best. I, I just forged a, an adamantine uh, scimitar, you guys. Oh, pretty cool right now. I I also have been there. I forged the. I I made some medium armor and a shield. Well, you get to choose. Oh, I did, I haven't I haven't found the armor. Yeah, you get kind of uh, what are they called molds, different molds. Yeah, that you pick up around the world. So in the underdark, you find this huge forge, and you can use it to make some adamantine equipment. That was what was so cool at Baldur's Gate. Here, you really got great weapons. Mm. And your journey to the getting those weapons was worth it. Yeah, that Baldur's Gate 2 had some really cool stuff. Like quests that spanned like half the game to get certain items. Mm. And they were really cool items. Yeah. So I'm hoping there's the same. I have to play. I'm hoping the same in Baldur's Gate 3. And then by the end, you're just smashing things. But but everybody keeps going on about the ruddy fire sword, which is right in the prologue. I haven't found the this intro. fire sword. What fire sword? What? No, I mean it's you. You have it's it's the one that the chief is battling the octopus dude with the tentacle oh. guy with on the ship, and loads of people just find a way to defeat the guy and nick his sword and then and then progress you know what so, i saw nip. there was an achievement for killing that guy and i i yeah. didn't do it i just just like wow we need to get out of here and i just went straight for the control panel and walked out so oh yeah it was same here same. but 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 that's that seems to be kind of one of the best one of the best swords for the first chunk of the game i haven't seen anything else really epic which is a bit depressing 
Let's talk about our moments, mechanics, lore. I loved, I hated. Yeah, so if, if I go first, I think, you know, I as I said, I was trying very hard to play this organically. And I realised, like, I, I think the thing that was most in- interesting to me is that I, at the time, did not realise that I just killed Gale and Minthara without realising. How, how did you kill Gale? Did you slap his hand? Please well, tell no, me this. The, the portal was like all, you know, I, I didn't know that the those things were teleport points. And I was just walking down the coast. You know, I've just like been in a, I've yeah. been in a car crash, right? I'm kind of dazed. And yeah. I see this big freaky magical explosion thing. And my character being like a shadow thiefy person is just like, well, I'm getting the I'm getting the F out of here. And just like oh. walked away from the portal. I just like backed away and was like, yeah, this is somebody else's problem. And when I came back later, the portal was just a teleport point. So no more Gale. I think he's just oh gone. Oh my goodness. So I never even saw Gale. Wow, that's insane. It's cool that you didn't oh, reload. The whole thing is really... Go on. It's cool that you didn't reload after you realised your mistake. What was the mistake? It was intention. Yeah, I was I was trying really hard to role play. So there's there's a few moments like this where I think I missed out on some cool stuff because I didn't reload and I've been trying very hard to not reload or not just like quick save, try something out and if I don't like the outcome, quick load. Like I've been trying to just play it. Yeah. Like real D&D. But you know, I sometimes I don't always succeed. Uh, the the other one was Minthara. I did not realise Minthara was a recruitable companion character. Yeah, but through genocide. So, or, you know. Yeah, it was only after I killed her that I saw she dropped an alchemy pouch and a key pouch or something. And I was like, wait a minute, is she recruitable? Yeah. So I, I just I just saw that we had a mission to kill like the three goblin leaders. And I was like, right, I guess I'm killing three goblin leaders. Did you look up how, how you get it though? No, I haven't. I haven't looked up anything related to Minthara. Okay. I just, I just learned that you can recruit her. So yes, I assume yeah, yeah. you have to side with the goblins, but I don't yes, know that for sure. That's effectively it. That's okay. effectively it. So, so you have to help her go and annihilate the uh, the druid camp. So, so d- does that mean it's either her or Halsin? Uh, probably. That would be interesting if you can get both. But probably because because you can release house in independent of whether you recruit her or not. But but it depends on how you play out the goblin camp stuff. Hmm. I don't know, but but that definitely is like that's a lot. 
that's quite a lot different, quite quite a lot easier to to not do versus the versus the Gale one. Like the, with the Gale one, I just stumbled across it, so I don't think I, I even had a kind of chance to uh, to think. Oh, there's a weird glowy thing right there. I'm going to avoid it. Yeah, I think not having Gale is probably quite unusual. And if I had found Gale, yeah. I would definitely have used Gale because you know I love. I love blowing things up with fireballs. So yeah. not having a dedicated spellcaster is definitely a problem for me, but I'm having to make do, which which is also actually in a way more interesting. Yeah, and he is pretty fun. He is pretty fun. It's possible he'll just show up later in like act three or something and he'll be like, oh yeah, I got better or something. And I'll be like, who are you? Like, I, I don't know. That would be good. That would be good if he, if, if he drops into Baldur's Gate itself. I don't think that would happen because like Shadowheart crosses your path twice if you can't free her in the ship, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But Sh- Shadowheart's got the artifact, right? Which I assume is very yeah. plot important. Although I haven't I haven't figured it out yet. Which is why, why you roleplay carrying her along? Uh, well, also because I'm kind of accidentally dating Shadowheart. Like, Shadowheart was just like really metal. She was just like, I'm going to bring about Lady Shah's perfect darkness. And... I think I read some like guide to making a shadow monk and it suggested that like, oh, maybe they trained in like a monastery to Shah or something. And so like, I was mm. like, so, so my character's reaction was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Like, tell me more about Lady Shah. And she was like, you're into Lady Shah. I love that. And like my reaction, you know, my um, relationship with, with Shadowheart just like was like plus a hundred or something. And so, yeah, now Tyrethect is dating Shadowheart. So... Yeah, so I'm I'm bringing around Shadowheart for story and role playing reasons, I guess. Yeah, the metal side of her is quite is 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 quite fun. I did it did did end up doing the same thing, but only because I'm trying to be nice to everyone and uh, are desperate for them to like me. Yeah, I I do think this is actually a problem with my playthrough because I should be more like cold and looking out for myself but instead i'm being too goody two-shoes hero so yeah you want to win you want to succeed in the in the relationship checks and all this yeah i can't, I can't help it you know I'm, I'm, I'm such a crowd pleaser i'm like you know i'm just picking stuff that everyone's gonna like it, it is a bit awkward actually because will and Carlac like it when you're helpful and do heroic things and Shadowheart is sometimes like people should people should fix their own problems you know so oh, really yeah, although I think Shadowheart likes my character so much now that she just lets it slide, so it, it doesn't seem to be hurting my reputation. Astarion seems to be up, a bit up and down, like sometimes he likes to just cause a bit of chaos, and sometimes he's like, oh, you did the right thing there. Yeah, I, I do like, actually, I quite like the inspiration system as well. I, I like it that mm. with Astarion, he gets inspired when you just manage to pull off some big lie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. How about eating a? Uh, like Mike, like the highs are when unexpected things happen, things you didn't expect. Yeah, I had my. I think this happened to you, Mike. Yes, my main character got downed, but Shadowheart was inspired when I managed to revive him. Oh, I was I was ready to reload. I was like, this fight is annoying me. Let's go again. What else? Why do you think that is? Is is that because she's you know a friend of darkness? Or... I think it's just because she's a cleric. I think just oh, it's what clerics do. 
Yeah, true. And the first funny thing that happened in this game was in the down ship, there's a mind flayer who's downed and you can go in and, and inspect the body. Is that right? Did you do this? Yeah. But you, you get pulled in. Oh, yeah. So, so there's a down mind flayer. I'm not sure I saw this. So, so what's going on? This is on the ship itself. This is yeah, after the no, ship crashes, the ship, yeah. right? It's like right at the start of the game. It, oh, right. I see. Oh, no, I have seen it then. So you can get pulled into their mind and then it's game over because they just take over your body. Yeah. They consume you. Okay, it's terrible. Fine. But I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, just the, the sheer randomness of all of it is, is, is stupendous. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. I, I, I've heard that you can, you can romance a, um, an elipid emperor at some point and have, you know, te- telepathic tentacle sex or something. What? Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 it sounds quite fun, funny. I, I mean, I know there's the famous scene with Halcyon and the squirrel dropping its nuts. Oh yes, 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 yes. The the the, the, the yeah the the bear sex. I, I think that was in the release was in the trailer, and, they yeah. actually, and they actually got banned from TikTok for that. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, oh, apparently. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that was that was a big deal, and they did that in the trailer. That's very funny. Do you talk to animals? Yeah, yeah, I I do, but, but the the the, you know, I think it's a classic druid thing, isn't it? But it's it's really helpful because there's there's a little dog at the start um, called Scratch that you just you, you just come across this uh, little dog, and next to a dead body basically, and I thankfully I don't think he's he's killed him, but his master's basically been attacked by goblins or something like this, and you adopt him so you can chat with him and pet him. But then also yes, there are... You can pet the dog. Yes, you can pet the dog. and uh, But there are, there are all sorts of funny things. Like there's a squirrel who's very protective of his tree and uh, and near the near the um, druid camp. And then also in that same area, there's there's a few oxen that you can talk to. And it just it just brings out kind of uh, new, new and quite funny and silly things. So the oxen, they're all kind of distinguished by one's a hungry ox one's a stupid ox or something or lazy ox and one's a, a mysterious ox or something like that and the the one of them that last one is clearly uh somebody in disguise basically but but um if you fail the check you're not allowed to uh to see what's actually going on there i don't know if it's a perception check or something like that but but um, the the dialogue just stops, and you try to talk with them, and they go moo. I'm yeah. a, I'm an ox. Go away, moo. Yeah. I I also have talked to animals because of will. You can oh, yeah. you can spec will into having that ability. So did you did you see that? Is it isn't it Volo who's talking to a bear at some point? Oh yeah, and, but Volo can't talk to animals. He's just exactly. <laughs> he's just talking exactly. to a bear. Yes, he's just like, and the bear was, it was, uh, you know, rose off on his hind legs and started attacking the person. It's like, that is not what happened at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the talking to animals is really fun. I had an encounter where I was in the standoff with a cow. Amazing. And he just gave me a dirty look. And I, I really wished I could talk to, to him, just calm him down, calm her down. But no charged me and that that made me this game is ridiculous it was unnecessary to have that's that encounter really with funny. the cow 
That's really whereabouts is that? Uh, when you figure I out that, seen that um, at all. Will's dad is a duke. The duke. When you, the bit where you discover uh, you need to look for the missing duke. Okay, I haven't seen that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, all the all the chaos is really, really very, very entertaining. Just all the all the little scenarios that they put in that really take you by surprise. Like, like the squirrel one is it was it's, it's it's a very fun one. With your characters, do you have any like oaths you have to commit to? Are you part? Are you a special thief, Mike, or are you just a regular thief? Oh, I'm a monk. I'm not. I'm a monk. Yeah, and I'm a druid. Because as a paladin, you have to uh, you have to commit to an oath. And I have you met Gur, the, the I've met the Gur Hunter, who's yeah, that was cool actually. What what happened with you with the with the hunter? I managed to I played dumb and I didn't out Asterion, but I, I thought actually I need to kill him though. So I didn't we didn't start a fight, but I just decided, oh, convo's over, I'm now gonna beat I'm gonna kill you. And then that pissed off I broke some paladin oath and I was gonna get you pissed off your god. You killed someone in cold blood as a supposed Amazing. champion of you know, like I don't know why you're surprised here. My inner monologue was like, there's a problem here. Let's address it now. Let's address it with murder. You know, I, was, I was annoyed that we didn't kick off the battle via the conversation, actually. So so he's he's a vampire hunter, is he? Oh, uh, yeah, he is. Well, yeah, the or, funny or thing or is, you talk, hunter. you talk to this guy and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm hunting a monster. And I'm like, tell me about this monster. He's like, no, no, I don't. it's too dangerous. I'm not going to tell you about it. And I had to really yeah. work to persuade them. I can't remember. I think I might have intimidated talk them about with Carlock. Yeah. And then eventually he admits I'm hunting a vampire spawn called Astarian. And I was like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. You know, like. Oh dear. Yeah. And then I was like, oh yeah, actually I know Astarian. He's staying at my camp. But then I, but then I went back to Astarian and I was like, yeah, I met this guy. He's hunting you. And it's like, I told him where you were. And he's like, why do you tell him where you (laughs) was? It was like, so we can ambush him. And he was like, oh, okay then. But then he just deals with it off camera. Like I never saw. Oh, really? Yeah, I never actually had to fight the girl. Oh, that's that's strange. Yeah, I was I was hoping that I would go to sleep and then it would be a combat yeah. at night, but it didn't happen. F- so. Fight in camp. Yeah, but I, I would almost have rather not known it was Astarian. So, but how, how did you you guys react to the Astarian biting? By the way, uh, I, I actually, you know what? I was just like, yeah, go on, just get it over with. Same. I'm not sure why, in hindsight. Same here, but then I was quite disturbed by it. So so, so I was like, no, no, never again. Yeah. Yeah, I was Same. like, you can bite our enemies. No more biting random people, especially when they're yeah. sleeping. And he was exactly like, this. okay. Exactly this. So I rebroke all... I, did, I was not committed to my game. Like, to my decisions. You reloaded? Yeah, of course I reloaded. Yeah, you don't want to be a fallen paladin. No, I think that. Do you lose all your powers? I don't know. I don't want to know. That, along with losing my party members, are just too much to bear. And then, did you? I, I already, I already know you talked about shenanigans. Maybe I'll talk about this when you talk about your shenanigans in the goblin camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds. This sh- sh- you just put that uh, you shenanigans the goblin camp. Yeah, how did you do the goblin camp? 
How did you? How did me? you kill that? Yeah. How oh, did yeah, you kill that? Of course, thing hasn't got that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I killed the lead. How did I do it? I was trying to be peaceful. I didn't want to attack anyone, but but then it literally says kill the leaders. I did. I think I released Halson first, but kept him. Um, I mean, I didn't immediately realize it was Halson until he turned up, but then kept him in the dungeons. So, because it said basically he'd trigger auto battles if if you if you went around, and then. I think I was talking with Minthara and it just became clear that I couldn't do anything. I think I, I, I literally just had to go into battle with them. With, with, with gut, with, with gut, I tried to, I wanted to do something clever, but um, basically I'd already killed the big dude and Minthara by that point. Minthara, at least you can kind of hide away and do it. The big dude... It got into a battle, and then the battle just about spread into the main room, and then that triggered Gut, even though she was in a kind of side chapel. So it just ended up as a huge battle in in the middle of the camp. But it, 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 I managed to kind of climb up the big ladder there and actually pew pew people from from above. So that's, that's how I got through it. But yeah, I wish it had been cleverer because I, and and also that probably that I'd done the mark and things like this. Did you did you do all this? Did you do the yeah. like well, secret meeting with I Gut? think I was quite I think I was underleveled because I think I was level 4 when I did this. And like Minthara I think is level 6. So I was Oh. I was quite underleveled because I think Gut the other dude who I can't even remember his name and Minthara they're like levels 4, 5 and 6 or something. So for Gut, yeah, I said, you know, like, "Oh, let's have a private conversation." And we went yeah. off into her side chapel. And then one of my abilities as a shadow monk is to like cast a zone of silence. So I like I cast a bubble of silence on her and then just like shanked her inside this bubble. Oh, that's clever. But I'm I'm not sure I actually had to do that, but I did. So no one else was hostile to me at that point. And then I was like, this worked so well, I'm gonna do it again. And I went up to the the guy who's not Minthara, and yeah. <laughs> I cast the bubble of silence on the like on the alarm drum. And so then I had this huge fight, but like they kept running up to the alarm drum to try and sound the alarm. And of course it didn't make any noise. So it didn't summon Ah, the whole fortress down. And I managed to kill the dude as well. But actually, I think it still set some internal flag or I made enough noise where they saw me still. So like, not everyone was hostile to me. They didn't come down on me. But when I walked into the room, people became hostile to me, unfortunately. That's exactly what happened to me. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, like so, like because the, the rooms are quite close to each other, and it tr- clearly triggers something. And then, actually, I think Minthara herself may not have been hostile, so I still got a chance to like set up and then just like gank Minthara as well. And I tried to do the same trick, but yeah, she was quite strong. I think I think she actually killed my party a couple of times before I managed to get um, it right. So you know, but I I think I was quite underleveled. And then yeah, that's when I discovered. She was carrying, you know, a key ring and an alchemy pouch and a supplies pack. And I was like, wait a minute, is she actually a recruitable character? Whoops. Yeah. So, yeah, that was an interesting moment. No, she, she's pretty powerful and she can heal herself as well, can't she? Which is kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I did bring Halson in for the, for the, the, what turned out to be the final battle. But did, did you get the branded? Do you get? Did no, you get, I didn't. You know, I didn't the accept the, the brand. I didn't accept the brand. I think that's quite helpful to do it. What, what does the brand give you? Um, I don't know. I think it gives you some kind of... Uh, it gives you 
dialogue options for other people who have the mark. And also, I think it gives you some kind of perks in, in, in battle, I'm not sure. But I think it does actually have quite good, useful effects and not too many negative effects. But don't quote me on that, I need to completely check. But I, I, I regretted not doing it in the end, later on in the game. Mm. But yeah, it was fun. The, the 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 camp was really fun. But I was irritated that that um it got into battle quite quickly. That that you couldn't do more just through persuasion. Yeah, I mean, I actually went back to then release Halcyon after I killed the three because I was like, okay, my assassination's mm. done. Now we can, now we can just you know, I guess have chaos. But. I went down there and Halston had gone. He just let himself out. And I was just like... Oh, really? Oh. oh. Yeah. And then I then had to fight my way out of the goblin camp. I mean, I, actually, I probably could have teleported, but instead I just fought my way out through the front door. Like I literally stepped out the front door and everyone was hostile to me. And I just had to fight off like 20, you know, 20 people. Yeah. Which, which is exactly what I got trying to come back in. So, so I got killed a lot doing that, trying to come back in because there are so many people there and and you're really exposed but in the end i realized i had an iron flask now have you have you used oh. one of these yet <laughs> i i found the iron flask actually this is one of the times when i did i did save scum i saved i opened it and i was like oh <laughs> and then i reloaded my save i mean yeah. i really did it mostly because everyone died and i was like yeah i'm not opening that uh i'll, I'll save that yeah yeah exactly this exactly have this. you got the flask king no, you I don't know, know what this? this is. Okay. Okay. It's a surprise. <laughs> but it helped. It's the it's the iron flask. So there's one iron flask. No, I think there, I think there might there be are more. I've I've got I've only found one. Are we allowed to say what it is? Yeah, yeah, you can say what it is. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but I think I randomly stumbled across it in a video that that that, that what it kind of does, but. Uh, it releases a kind of uh, one-eyed, massive tentacle alien monster, which looks a bit like a kind of Sim City thing, to to kind of rain destruction on 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 everything around. And he can literally shoot laser beams out of his eyes and things like this, and and poison things. So, so I just stood at the gate of the camp and kind of let this flask loose, let this monster loose in, in the middle of all these goblins. And so he took took down quite a lot of them, but the the downside is that that if you um once he's run out of baddies to to kill, or even just in the middle of uh, attacking baddies, he does also attack your party. Yeah. So you have to be a bit careful. About uh, I mean, I think it's hostile to everyone. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's just generally to mess things up. Yeah, it's uh, it's some I, I, flavor I, of beholder. I think I think I could probably kill it now, but again, like when I opened the flask, I was level four, and it was just like, oh, this is this is not good. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's called a spectator, so that would be that would make sense. So it's probably part of that kind of family. Uh, I don't know that. Apparently, somebody uh, thought, "Oh, what's this?" and and uh, opened the flask in their camp. Yeah, that's and, what uh, I did. That's what I did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it must have been you then. No, there was uh, texting. I thought I'd seen it on the internet. That's hilarious. I just have a comment about the dice. So, so I just need to give give credit to the craft that has gone into the mechanics of this because the the dice were surprisingly 
I mean, it's it's the core kind of mechanic of the game, obviously, because it's Dungeons and Dragons. But it's so beautifully done. And uh, I was really, when I saw it's an action on videos beforehand, even, you know, you have your main dice rolls and and also the little that goes on in the background, uh, the passive ones. This, it's it's so chaotic and, and that leads to such a kind of element of randomness to to what goes on because you can, you know, really succeed at something or really, really, it really, really goes badly. And that kind of humor in it, I thought was really, really uh, appealing. But they, they've done it really well. And that's not something that I expected because I, I was, I did not, I don't like the idea of dice, but they did it really, really, really well. The multiplayer also is so, so well implemented. So you, you've probably seen you can add people in at any time and they can just kind of chip in and out. We've got a one that's going on with my brother and sister and, and brother-in-law. And uh, it's it's just very, very slick for the, for the... I wondered how it would work with the story things, but you can listen in as other people are talking to people. And so that's kind of how it works. So you listen in and you can vote on what dialogue options they should choose. So everybody is, you know, maximum toxic um, uh, to um, recommending dialogue options. Uh, and then then, uh, then the person has to decide. Also, my brother is playing as a Dark Urge character and Dark Urge is very, very fun. Uh, I recommend having a look at it. There are all sorts of uh, random things. He's a, he's a cute little kind of ginger, hobbity, dwarfy person who does magic and he's uh, it's quite funny to see him go through this horrendous stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I, I very, very much, especially since I, I'm not so keen on turn-based things, uh, I, I'm, I've just been super impressed on how how much fun they've put into into those elements and how smooth that they've made them. And then I, I you know, I'm with Ting. I, I loved all the kind of fun and chaos and random things that that can happen, and and all the, the the different kind of characters and races and how they talk differently and kind of react differently to you. I just came across the Myconids who talk pretty much exclusively through through spores or through singing in your head. Um, they're kind of these, I guess, mushroom aliens? Question mark in 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 the Underdark. It's 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 very cool. Yeah, it's just it's it's very very it's it's always surprising and it really really kind of keeps you going and wandering around. And, and so on the bad side, it's um, the it's. I I find I really, really enjoy the talking to people, really enjoy the choices and really enjoy the kind of wandering around and all the odd things happening. But I get really quite irritated by two hours of combat where you're kind (laughs) of systematically going through, uh, you know, just just all the turn-based combat. It it slows it down so massively that, um, you know, if you've only got a certain amount of time to play, it, it was quite... I found that quite irritating. So that it feels like, you know, when I'm thinking about playing it, I think, oh, yeah, but it's just going to be such a massive slog. That's been the most off-putting thing, I think. A couple of random aside on that. Have you played Disco Elysium? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the dice rolling part, like the the feel of the dice, I think they, they have done it really well in this. And it, Disco Elysium is another one that it makes me think of that, where... Yeah, things just randomly, ridiculously happen, like critical success, critical fail, 
and like you know the sound of the dice and then it all going right or it all going wrong exactly yeah very good very well done exactly but 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 disco elysium at least it's it's is fully dependent on your stats right so it's slightly less random uh i think i think isn't it no i think it's similar to this where it rolls the dice and there's a plus and a minus but if you roll like double ones or you roll double sixes in disco elysium it's like a critical success or fail and in this as well if you roll it doesn't matter how many pluses you've got if you roll a one then it's a critical fail and similar on a 20 so there's always a chance for (laughs) catastrophic screw-ups yeah yeah massively Talking of dice, did you turn on karmic dice? No. Is this on by default? I look dangerous. I think it's on by default. I, I haven't I changed it. I haven't changed it. So I've got whatever the setting is. I made a point to turn it on. I don't remember whether it was on by default. It should be, I think. This is Sid Meiring, as Jonathan Blow calls it, right? Where basically if you get a string of ones, it will it will throw you a bone and give you a 20. So it feels better. Uh, yeah. You can't get a... A truly random sequence of ones. I mean, I think I have it turned on, but I also seem to recall critical failing. Like, I seem to remember I had like, I had a check that was like 14, but I have like a plus 11. So it should have been really hard to fail this check. And I failed it like three times in a row, but it was just picking a lock. So it was fine. But it was just like, geez, how many, how many lock picks am I going to go through opening this chest? And then inside it was some garbage. So... You know, but I didn't oh, reload. Annoying. Well done. Yeah, I resisted in that case. So, 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 so I, I don't, I don't know if it's on or, or not either. But I have noticed that if you do the inspiration thing, and and go, okay, well, you can re-roll using an inspiration. It tends to kind of throw your bone on that. Uh, uh, but maybe that's just a perception thing. I, I can imagine that it secretly gives you a bonus in the background. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. Are you hoarding your inspiration? Well, you can only no, have four. Not at all. Isn't it four? Well, per, yes, I am per, hoarding them. <laughs> is it four per member? Or is it four altogether? No, it's four total. If you've got more than four, then you don't. Then you just don't get any more inspiration. Oh, you can't hoard it then, really, can you? So you should you should spend no. it, but I haven't been. No, I use it on when I need to. Do you guys, you guys came across the dead guy with with um. Uh, a couple of people standing next to him, and and uh, he's uh, he's got a tadpole. Oh, in his head. yes! Didn't you? Yeah. Because I found this really interesting when I first first did it, because he's it's, it's just ran, uh, ran, lying on a path randomly somewhere, and you have to, you know, the the the, the friends are quite um, combative, but you have to use the. Um, I think they're they're followers of the absolute or whatever they call it. What's what's the what's what's the actual? Yeah, yeah. What do the, the other absolute. people call him? It is the absolute. Oh, the true souls. Like he, you, you're a true he, soul. Yes. Yeah. Have you come across this, Tingo? Yes, I have. Okay. And then and then basically you can levitate the the tadpole out of the dude's the, the dead dude's brain and eat it or take it on or whatever it is. I didn't but do that. I found <laughs> that I didn't do. You didn't. No, I. I was just like, I don't want anything to do with this at the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, because you're sneaky. Yeah. Well, no, because I was. I was trying to resist. I was trying to resist the. Uh, the parasite. Yeah. I mean, I, I've fully embraced it now, but you know, I've yet to do that. Actually, I say I fully embraced it. I haven't really used any of the powers, but I'm okay with it. 
yeah, I haven't I haven't used any of the powers either. I, I apparently it doesn't actually have that much that much effect. They 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 set it up as a massive choice in in the start, but I'm slightly disappointed. It doesn't really have any negative effect until the end, apparently. As in as in until there's a big choice towards the end, something like this. Yeah, I I was expecting that like using any of the mind flare powers was going to like lock you into, you know, exactly a route. turning into a mind flare path. Exactly this. Yeah. Exactly that. But I, I do really like this as a plot device and as a like a gameplay mechanic because it it really feels like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. You know, like in that story, you are, you know, you discover you're a, like a Baal spawn and you've got these like divine powers that are starting to manifest. And like the oh. whole Mind Flare thing is like similar to that where you've got these powers oh. and you don't really understand them and they're starting to manifest. And And you have choices about, you know, will you use them for good or for evil and you know will you embrace it or will you try and resist it like it actually has kind of similar story beats to to the classic Baldur's Gate games so oh that's interesting yeah i i like i actually really like it i think it's a it's a good it's a good idea it's a good design element and it really ties it it you know it ties it into the history of the series yeah no exactly this the other thing i didn't like was 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 inventory management which i saw that Tingo's put down and it reminded me of it but I just I just can't be bothered to I keep getting over encumbered and I can't be bothered to to mess around with all the tiny items in the inventory but at least it makes it relatively easy for you yeah the worst thing was up until one of the recent patches if someone left your party it just transferred you their alchemy pouch their camp supplies pouch and their key ring and i would just like be carrying all these pouches around it was like it was just ridiculous you know oh, so, really yeah so it doesn't do that anymore but up okay. until like patch number two or three it, it would transfer you that and i was just even more over encumbered where do the pouches go uh, now they just stay on the character okay yeah but like if you swapped like one of your party members it would just automatically give you their keys camp supplies and alchemy supplies yep on your main oh. character oh, that's weird yes yeah, it's, it's annoying it's annoying but at least you can do center camp and transfer like they, they've made it as 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 fluid as possible yeah that that's nice but just having all those little things yeah and actually i do wonder if like do i need to be carrying all this money around if i've sent my money to camp can i still can i still spend it i actually don't know i don't think so okay well <laughs> i sent all my money to camp because of something that happens in act two I, I I fought uh, this I fought this enemy who has an ability that does extra damage based on the amount of gold you're carrying. And I was carrying that's I was amazing. carrying a lot of gold and they hit me once and my character just like exploded for like three hundred damage. That's amazing. Yeah. You're showing this is off the really cool stuff that they have in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, showing yeah, like humble bragging. Oh, I just had so yeah. much money, I just got one shot. <laughs> yeah. I had to get rid of it all. I got pickpocketed by some kids, so I definitely don't carry much money around now. Oh, that's fun. Is that is that in the, the Druid camp? Oh yeah, that is. Yeah. And I don't have a I don't have a solution to that quest either, which annoys me, but it's okay. I let I've let it go. I've let them go. Oh, I thought you could talk them out of it or something or or tell them off or something. You need to I think you need to shrink Report into like to someone. I think you need to shrink in shrink to the size of a rat oh, no a child a rat a child and sneak into their little 
layer base then uh oh yeah i I didn't do that something else yeah i didn't do that either but i thought there's the there's the trader person the child trader person but maybe it's something else but i I had fun there because one of my siblings was talking to them at some point and uh while they were chatting (laughs) because i could i i chucked the child at them Throwing is one of just the most the most entertaining things to do. <laughs> I mean, I love I love the shoving mechanic where you can shove people off ledges and things. It's just so stupid and it's brutal. OP. It's totally OP. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, you can't push really big like troll massive troll things, but um, but yeah, it's it's very funny. Four damage is OP. I, I had to take on a spider, and yeah. all I did was I'm, I took off more than half its house just by um burning the web it was on yeah well this is this is it this is clever it's nice but it's nice that there are way ra- ways around like that and i also read that after i killed auntie ethel that another way of doing it is to just to push her right into the, into the chasm oh, oh really yeah i guess but so. then you don't get their stuff no, you yeah you're right it. auntie ethel's got good stuff you don't want to yeah. you don't want to lose that yeah it's the same same with minthara I think technically you can probably push her into the chasm, but you don't get her stuff. I have one last thing about combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Let's let's end on that. <laughs> I really think it would be better if there was real time pause. I forget uh, how many times you miss. So many rounds of missing. I just don't. I don't miss that. Just just play better, man. It's not. I think, I think this I, is. I, I think I, the turn based combat's good. I think it's really good. So you don't miss. You don't have rounds of many people missing. I mean, I do miss sometimes, but... We all miss. I'm just used to just multiple rounds of people missing. And there's no, there's no progress made. That is really irritating. That is, I think it does depend on the enemy because some enemies are a bit kind of more dodgy than others and some can be hit with magic, but not with like arrows or whatever it is. But, you know, you should just be doing... You should just be playing to your character's strengths to figure out a way around this you know like stealthing people and shanking them or like you know entangling them so they can't move and they have a disadvantage or flanking people or just i I think it's it's really good tactical combat and it's also more like D, you know this is how D actually yeah. plays so it's it's just a slog it's just a slog i, I like it it is <laughs> it's yeah, I I personally think the combat is good, and yeah, it's good. It's I good. I actually quite enjoy it, but I also enjoy tactical combat RPGs. Like I I enjoy stuff like Final Fantasy Tactics or whatever. So you okay. know, I would be quite happy to play a game like this that was just the combat, which is how I ended up playing Divinity: Original Sin two largely, to be honest. So yeah, but yeah, I think it's funny that you both don't like the combat. Whereas for me, I, I do think it's a big part of the game and, and I, I also really like it. So, I mean, it has great flexibility and it, it, it's interesting and obviously it's, it's really well done. It's just, it's just whenever I get into a combat situation, it's just a, like a big sigh. It, it might also be a build thing. Like I, you know, I mean, I, I can't help it. I have min-maxed quite a lot of stuff despite trying not to min-max it. So I've obviously got very high, you know, plus to hit on all my characters and very high yeah. AC, so I don't get hit very often. 
Although I think I get hit more than I should do, considering like, what's your AC? Just like one final aside. I've no idea. When anybody starts talking about the numbers, oh, I switch off. Okay, okay, yeah, because like I think my my main character's AC is like twenty three or twenty four. That's so, high. Okay. You know, like my main character just in their robes has higher AC than Shadowheart, who's wearing adamantium plate and an adamantium shield. You know, just oh, from wow. just from like being a stealthy shadow monk, dodgy person. So. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, and I, I think I've got like plus nine to hit as well. So I'm really just like teleporting around and smacking things. I don't know. I like it. I like it. I need to pay more attention to these things. Or just turn the combat difficulty down, I guess. If you're not enjoying it, just... Because is there a story mode? Well, I think you can just I put have... it on story and then you just one shot everything. There is. I have actually switched that on now. But yeah. But you don't one shot everything. It's still, you know, it's still the combat still relatively challenging but you get more health and things uh, okay like i've just done the grim in the in in the grim forge and that was uh, i got quite quickly laid out by them before uh, before i realized what you actually have to do yeah that's quite a tough fight and it, and that's like also kind of a story fight in that yeah you you have to you can't just dps it you have to do particular stuff to make it vulnerable and and so on Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't react to swords. Anything else before we? No, I think we better wrap up. Last call. Yeah, I've just I watched four four halfling barbarians on YouTube um, at last the other day, and uh, it, it's just so funny. I can't recommend this enough. <laughs> okay, I, maybe I should watch this. I have no idea what you're talking about again. It's 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 for. Yeah, they're, they're halflings. They're little middle-aged dudes running around in nappies <laughs> in this, uh, um, chucking people and causing trouble. It's really funny. You just love chucking people. This is like... I didn't know you could do yes. it. Yeah, well, you can if you're a barbarian. Okay. Yes, it's it. I, I recommend it. <laughs> Very okay. funny. Let's close. Okay. I'm slightly out of left field. I'm going to say, you know, because I think I've basically only said positive things about it up to now, but I, I like it, but I don't love it. I think it's because it just, it occupies too much headspace and I, I can't really be immersed in it at the moment. So, mm. you know, maybe you two are going to say something similar. I don't know. Cause you've got, you know, kids and like, lives and everything to deal with and like i you know i've got a job again now and it it's i just i just don't have the i just don't have the energy to really enjoy it 
So I think the stat that says this the best is I started playing Baldur's Gate 3 at the same time that I started playing Cookie Clicker. And I have three times the hours played in Cookie Clicker than I do in Baldur's Gate 3. This is not to say Cookie Clicker is the better game, but it's to say that weirdly I was enjoying Cookie Clicker more just because I just couldn't mentally deal with the overhead of playing Baldur's Gate 3. So yeah, it's a great game, but I the amount of mental energy it, it takes to actually really appreciate it is high. And I'm finding it hard to to get that level of, you know, investment to properly enjoy it which is sad because i can tell it's really good but it is maybe it's not the right game for this particular moment cookie clicker is an idle game right you it's don't, an idle game but you're not engaging with it 130 hours you're just I, I i severely hope not but i do think probably similar to the perfect tower 2 which is when i discovered i had this weakness for idle games probably more of those hours were played actively than I would care to admit. So okay, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, since it's complex, it's it's difficult to. Uh, I have to kind of gear myself up for it a little bit. It's it's not an entirely relaxing game, apart from wandering around and talking to people. I do quite like that and wandering around the world, and they give enough uh, f- uh, for you to explore without it getting too kind of too taxing but definitely i do find myself kind of going to other games as well just for a kind of quick smacking things or or uh or or i don't know runny jumpy gameplay or things like this which is why it's been useful that super mario wonder has been around as well <laughs> yes uh borders gate 3 has made me realize how good borders gate 2 was borders gate 2 is quite simple comparatively and it was much more streamlined everything just seemed to be much slicker but then this that's so interesting I, i've got to try this out I, I you know i'm not sure this is really true i think it's just that a lot of stuff was passing you by because it was real time with pause and you just didn't pause it you know you just let stuff yeah. happen to you but then yeah it's like you win oh good it happened <laughs> maybe but then mike you made a good a good comment that you start off as a, at a high level. So yeah. maybe things just resolve I, I think, quicker. Yeah, I think the point at which you start Baldur's Gate 2 is going to be like close to the point where you end Baldur's Gate 3 level-wise. You uh, know? So you're much more powerful in Baldur's Gate 2 than you are in this game, at least at the point where you're at at the moment. Yeah, I mean, what I'd like to avoid is having you know, a session where it's pure combat so i can play for half an hour and it's all i'm doing is having a fight and there's no story progression which is a shame yeah th- yeah that's really boring but saying all that it's a really good game i'll commit to this yeah. even talking about it for two hours has made me want to play more yeah it's, it's the same as elden ring <laughs> yeah I, that's the thing I, I am enjoying it i would like to i would just like to I would like to have like the purity of focus to be able to actually really play it and enjoy it and not be just like really tired or worrying about deadlines at work and stuff, you know? And yeah, maybe, maybe over the, you know, end of year period 
when things are quieter, I can actually really just sit down and 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 enjoy it. You know, let's be let's be clear. This is not the game's fault. Yeah, this is our fault. This is like the sadness yeah, that comes from being. Uh, yeah, but you know that's the thing. The game, the game is really good. I I remember playing Divinity Original Sin and thinking, if you were going to make Baldur's Gate today, this is what you would make. You know, and and now. Now they have like this is Baldur's Gate. This is the twenty first century Baldur's Gate CRPG. You know, there's so much stuff that the the shenanigans you can do. It's is much more like real D and D. The you know stacking up a load of barrels or like setting everything on fire and like blowing things up and reverse pickpocketing grenades into people. I don't know, like all those things are like actually the sort of nonsense you can do in D and D. It's much more systematic. It's much more just try and do it and you know in this case the game will try and make it work versus the dm but it's i think it's excellent it deserves 96 yeah oh yeah definitely should we close on that i don't know what, what what's next well well we might i think i will try and finish it but no promises as to when ting you'll probably take four or five years right yeah okay so no rush. Maybe there'll be a part two uh, when the podcast hits a decade. I don't know. Yeah, how long? How long was it between the the, the Baldur's Gate two? I remember. I remember Baldur's Gate two being a, a big kind of feature for a long time on this show, but I can't quite remember how it played out. Whether you you did like two parts on it? it we didn't do a second part. On we, that we, never part, second part. we never did the second part. We never did the second part. Yeah, th- there were just updates in other episodes. Was that it? Yeah, I remember in the wrap up, we one one year announced that Ting had finally finished it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's very good. I'd like to try Divinity Original Sin two at some point as well. Oh, don't do it! Yeah, don't, don't do it, man! <laughs> really? Don't do don't it! Do it. Finish this first. But why? But they're all the same. Wow, yeah. they're all the same. No, <laughs> they are. I I think if you've played this, you don't need to play Divinity Original Sin two. Okay. I can tell you. I can tell you now that that you escape from a burning ship in the uh, or or, or a, a falling apart ship in Divinity Original Sin two. As You're well. right. They're obsessed with that. As a start. <laughs> they're, yeah. One, yeah. they're a one trick pony. And and randomly come across characters that you can you can save or not. Very true. Hadn't thought of that, but very true. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on your podcasting platform. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. Or X. X. Yeah. <laughs> At Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit. R slash Lost Levels Club. Oh, Michael's. Mike's. What are you grateful for today? Mike Q, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Oh, we're going to see the Marvels later on today. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Oh, very it looks nice. looks a, a bit of a silly romp of a film. Very nice. Yeah, there you go. I 
have booked a cruise. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm a Disney one or a normal one? Just a regular one. Just a regular one Where? with a buffet. So I'm just, I'm going to have three nights, four days of just eating buffet. We'll see if I survive. Oh, this is the follow-up we needed. I'm so glad of this. It's like Mobius <laughs> on the jet ski. Uh, the mics say bye. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.